parents to discuss PDS value, belief, diversity, and inclusion, not just academic, but also our life. Welcome to the Beacon Voices, a podcast for primary day school. This is a speech from Mr. Matheson on the Grandparents and Special Friends Day at Primary Day School on November 22nd, 2022, followed by Beacon Performance. We're particularly grateful this year to be together in person. It's been a while since we've been able to have this kind of gathering. And um, you are a big part, I know, of why our school is special and successful as it is. But one other reason that we want you to be here in person, of course, is that we want you to get a sense of the magic of this place. This place is truly special and unique. We wanted you to have the chance to savor um, the joy and the pride that makes up um, our children's days. We want you to feel the world as they know it here and show you the place in which they thrive. I'm convinced that in this rapidly paced and exponentially accelerating world, that you as grandparents and special friends play a much larger role than you may suspect. And as you join us today, I want you to take a moment to think about your own grandparents. What memories do you have of them? What's made those memories stick in your psyche? Probably it's because those memories are connected to how your grandparents made you feel or how they helped you learn some important lessons, modeled some important values and attributes. Maybe it's because they did something surprising, um, or probably also they allowed you to do some things that your parents didn't. <laughs> but underlying it all, probably, is um, something simple, but that's really so easily lost in today's rush world. And that's the fact that they made time for you. They reserved time for you. They created time for you. And um, I know that's part of what you do for our great, for our great children here today. <coughs> I remember my own grandparents very well. And um, I remember feeling almost giddy when they would come for a visit. Now, they weren't of a generation or the resources to share huge material gifts or to take us to fancy places. Um, yeah, they would always slip me a dollar or two um, when they were with me, or my grandmother would share a package of Charms candy, which was her trademark love language. But when I think of my grandfather, uh, quiet, gruff, and not particularly patient man, I recall that all of that roughness would fade away when he would take my sister and me um, to the Bronx Zoo, where he would let us choose the animals that we would visit. And he also, remarkably, allowed us to buy two boxes of Cracker Jacks each, <laughs> one to eat them and one to eat on the way home. I also remember that when I 
was about the age of a primary day child. My grandfather was looking um, for something to do. And so he bought himself a newsstand. This was in the Bronx, under an L near a busy intersection. And I remember one day, and it was only one day, that I got to go with him. And ahead of time, he said to me, stay close to me. It's really crazy there. There are lots of cars and people and buses and trains, and everyone's in a hurry. He also mentioned that before we left, he would give me something special. Now, I don't remember much else about the day, but I do remember this. Neil, come on. We have to refill everything before we leave. Let's go. And with that, he led me across the street down some trash-laden, ill-smelling alley way to a metal roller door, door. And he unlocked it, lifted it up, and it revealed a small room that was filled top to bottom with cases of candy. <laughs> I could not believe that my grandfather had access to such eating. <laughs> the air was redolent, you know how it would be, of sugar and chocolate and sweet syrup. He asked me if I remembered what we needed, and we gathered those boxes together and put them on a little trolley. And then he turned to me and said, you pick one up for yourself and one for Nina. Now, he wasn't talking about a single candy. This was a case. <laughs> I still remember that I chose chiplets. Remember those little cardboard boxes full of tooth-sized gum? Which I was in a lot, by the way. Right? And for my sister, I knew that her favorite candy was good and plenty. Another classic, right? So, off we went home. And, of course, my sister couldn't believe it either. Um, my grandmother's love language was a different kind of food. It was chicken soup. <laughs> and she lived in New York, we lived in Massachusetts. And uh, remember those blessed days when you could bring more than 3.4 ounces <laughs> onto an airplane? Well, my grandmother would come down the ramp, balanced very precariously, with two shopping bags that were full of instant coffee jars, full of her chicken soup. Um, and once she would settle in at home, she would say that she needed our help, Nina and I. And I can tell you she didn't need our help, um, because what we were going to do next was make noodles. And if you make noodles with a five-year-old, it gets crazy. Right. And we always made, we would mix and roll and cut and chop and reshape and have a, a lot of fun making um, more noodles than we ever would be able to eat. Um, and even though I knew it would be easier for my grandmother to just make the noodles by herself or to have brought them along, um, she delighted in just our joy. And I can actually still picture times when around that age, when um, we would wake up before my parents would be sleeping in a little bit. We were at my grandparents' house, and my grandmother would ask us what we wanted for breakfast, and we would say chicken soup. <laughs> and um, she would lift us up onto this windowsill in our kitchen, and that's what we had. 
it was as good as an erosion to us. <laughs> um, our, so our trips to the zoo and our soup feasts weren't fancy, right? Um, but they conveyed to us that we were worth making time for, that we were loved, that we were special, that we even warranted spoiling. Um, and they said to us also that our grandparents were there for us, that they were devoted and engaged, and they possessed a depth that we might not have otherwise lived. Because it would have been easy to think my grandfather was always a crotchety old man. Well, your grandchildren and special friends are forming those same kind of memories today, right here at Primary Day. And they'll be part of the touchstones that mark their lives and guide their way. And those guidestones will always remind them of your unconditional love, your boundless love, that's not circumscribed by the same routines or rules that they follow with their parents. Right? That's part of the magic of that skip generation. All those same rules don't have to apply. And it's part of what makes your connection with your special friends um, and grandchildren so special. I want to tell you for a minute about um, something that we've done starting this year at Primary Day, which is we've started a new practice that we're simply calling Primary Day Values. Each month in school, we focus on a different value that our faculty and our parents decided upon are the ones that we want to try to inculcate within the children. And we as partners, um, parents and school work together to come up with this list. So we started this year by focusing on kindness. We went on in October to honesty. Here we are in November and we're focusing on gratitude. And then we're going to go on to patience, respect, responsibility, cooperation, determination, and empathy. And we're not purchasing some pre-made purchased uh, curriculum for these purposes. Instead, um, each teacher each month just focuses on that value and uses it as a guidestone um, through a variety of means to focus on. So they do it by discussing the value of the morning meeting at their closing circle, highlighting the value in stories that they read, using it as a springboard for the compositions they write, using it as a theme for our Pico assemblies. You're going to hear our gratitude um, songs today and poems. And they also use um, the values as to frame teachable moments that come up in the classroom that are so powerful. A committee of teachers throughout the school um, chooses a common picture book each year each, each month that all of us read, and they offer resources, ideas, and activities as options. So one thing they did this year um, for this month um, for gratitude is they created a template for kids to keep gratitude journals um, so that they'll start to develop that attitude of gratitude. So one reason we're focusing on gratitude particularly isn't just that it's Thanksgiving. Um, but it's because researchers have discovered what many of us already sensed intuitively, that those who approach life with an attitude of gratitude are happier and they achieve more in life. Those who recognize and are grateful for the bountiful gifts that surround us really all the time 
are more likely to have a growth mindset, to be optimistic, and to see the glass as half full. And psychologists have discovered that those attitudes lead to more abundant happiness and greater satisfaction in life. Um, in a book called Thanks, How Practicing Gratitude Can Make You Happier by um, a positive psychologist named Robert Emmons, um, he found that those who regularly express gratitude report higher levels of, human, of satisfying human relationships. They feel greater feelings of energy, superior work outcomes, better physical health, lower levels of stress and depression, stronger immune systems, and longer lifespans. Pretty powerful. So we're trying to inculcate that kind of attitude within the children, starting when they're four. And it's all cyclical, by the way, because regularly expressing gratitude sensitizes people to notice more positive things in their lives. It's kind of like what Willie Nelson once sung about. When I started counting my blessings, my whole life turned around. So I believe that you as grandparents and special friends are constantly also authentically involved in the teaching of critical values to our young children. And they don't miss a lot, right? They're always watching adults. They're always trying to figure out what we do and how we act, and they base their behaviors on those models. Now notice, I didn't say they listen to what we say, right? And I'm not suggesting that they're not obedient children. But words don't really count as much as actions. It's what they observe that they internalize. Um, what they see and intuit and connect become remarkably potent forces in their lives. They notice when someone is truly present with them. And that's really one of the most important things you can offer them. With their parents, they notice when they pay attention to them or when they're distracted, particularly by their phone. They know that generosity doesn't just pertain to things, but they intuit that time and attention um, also are your most precious assets and commodities that you devote to them. So in preparation for today, I asked our children or their teachers to ask them, um, what are they grateful, grateful for with their grandparents and special friends? And here's a variety of what they had to say. They're simple statements, but they're highly nuanced. I am grateful for my grandparents because they baby me and they play Pokemon with me. I am grateful for my grandparents because they take me to the playground for two whole hours. My grandmother lets me come to her bed and sleep with her when I cannot fall asleep. I love being her granddaughter. We watch Bugs Bunny together. I'm grateful to my grandparents because they came to America. They also make me rectangle pancakes for breakfast. <laughs> I can tell they like to be with me when I am with them. They play tag really well. My grandmother makes me special pumpkin pie 
and my grandfather makes gives me special cuddles. I am grateful for my grandparents because they are easy to love and are very sweet. Remember, these are four-year-olds to generally seven-year-olds or eight-year-olds. I love my special friends because they play fun board games with me and they give me warm hugs. We spend time having cookies and we play with their dog and they have 15 fish. <laughs> my grandparents come to every single one of my basketball games. I am grateful for my grandparents because they teach me about Hindu gods and goddesses and about money and they are fun and they also help me pray to God. Interesting juxtaposition. <laughs> I love when they tell me about my mom when she was a girl. I get to take naps with them. They teach me Chinese and how to use chopsticks. They play pickup sticks with me. And we get to drink orange panda together. Doesn't get much better than that. So, in the sense that our children know that you teach them new things, you connect them to your family's past, um, you do some things with them that their parents wouldn't allow, you indulge them. All of these things are very potent, powerful, and memorable kinds of experiences. But the most important thing uniting all of them is that you make the time for just that. And they sense that. So now to give you some memories um, of today, our children are going to put on a little show. Um, they're going to share with you some songs and some poems that they've worked on. And so leading in is going to be our second grade.
We hope you like it. Our song is called Simple Gifts and was written and composed in May in 1848. The words remind us that we can find joy in being grateful for the little things in life, like extra recess time, Friday pizza lunch, or even a new sharp pencil. <laughs> we hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving and will take time to enjoy the simple gifts in your life.
by having the back four rows and those standing in back head out first, okay? And then once that group's kind of on its way, we've got the next four rows. You can tell this is an elementary school, right? At the end of the morning, um, those of you who have arranged to take your grandchildren and special friends home, just tell the teacher that you're headed out and enjoy the rest of your day. So appreciative of your coming today.